Hello and welcome to today at Best of Super Juniors, which is at least half today at Best of Super Juniors, because I had a day out watching drag racing yesterday. So I didn't nice. get finishing watching the Best of Super Juniors. It was great. I, it was a place called Melbourne, Melbourne Raceway in York, eighth mile drag racing. And it was brilliant because it was just like regular cars and regular bikes. So the regular cars was like, um, I'm trying to think of one you'd know. It was like a Miata. No, nothing special about it, just a regular Miata. Nice. <laughs> Someone had a brilliantly a two-litre Skoda, which is front-wheel drive. It's like a front-wheel yeah. drive family car, two-litre. So, of course, they jacked the back end up and put all the weight on the front to make it go oh, faster. Yeah, oh, brilliant. Yes. Yeah, just ace. It's just basically club racing. And it was just really cool. But it did mean I didn't get to the end of Best of Super Juniors until the end of the day. So I couldn't record it yesterday. And I thought, I know. My friend Marcus from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, would love to talk about these shows. Let's do two at once. And there is my guest, Marcus <laughs> from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. How are you doing, sir? Good, man. Great. Great to be back. Talking some more. Uh, getting, getting, getting me back into New Japan. And, and so, <laughs> via, via, via a springboard off of the great gleet that we've been... Uh, covering you know check that out if you you know listeners get the chance but yeah this has been cool like i said always anytime i check out new japan i'm all, I always know i could be caught on the safety net that is you know you covering it uh <laughs> as much as you and john can even if it's you know alone but it's it's been great just hearing the stuff that's coming out of super juniors because you know we are seeing some great change-ups you know specifically talking about like desperado and such so you know yeah. that's uh, great to hear and obviously you know uh talking about bringing in guys like you know Lindemann and such so it's it's been really great to hear you know the, some of these new the infusions of differentness yeah definitely I mean the opening match to kind of like gives you that kind of feel we were at uh, Makihari Messi International Conference Hall 3 in Chiba uh, which is essentially like just this uh, Kevin, Collo, Kevin Kelly described it as a concrete cathedral it's just this big bare concrete room which wasn't really an arena for wrestling, but a big wide space to put your wrestling show in. And the opening match featured Francesco Akira, who's one of those new guys against Yoshinubi Kanemura in 10 minutes and 32 seconds. And in his match, Kanemura is kind of like, he found the magic formula by beating Hiromu Takahashi earlier in the week by just going after his legs relentlessly and tried to do the same thing here. But Akira, who was had only had two wins at the beginning of this match and was under a lot of pressure because, you know, he'd built... He'd come in with a massive fanfare, uh, really, and then only won two matches. So he was kind of like on desperate streaks to get another win. And that's what told the story. And it was a brilliant opener. It wasn't like the best thing going, but it was really solid and well told. And Kanemura doesn't really have bad matches, does he? But yeah, it was, it's, it's, it's a strong opening. I mean, Akira came in from All Japan, um, which was his last company. He was a former All Japan Junior Heavyweight Champion, which Kanemaru had never done. Interestingly, Kanemaru was a big was an All Japan trained wrestler, and he never won the Junior Heavyweight Championship because he left for Noah um, before he had chance to. So yeah, but yeah. I recommend this a lot. Yeah, I mean, and I always appreciate hearing um, you know some strategic moves when it when it comes to you know the tournaments like this because it really you know like you said obviously um, Styles made fights. But sometimes strategy can 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 you know overcome that. Like somebody like Aromu, if you can slow him down to a snail's pace, you can get him. Yeah. And Aromu is you know a guy that can really you know he can beat anybody. But if you if you you know cut the legs out from under him, that's just what it is. 
Um, so that's that's cool to hear. And, and, you know, you come in a situation like this and do the same. This is really what you should be doing, specifically at ladder in this tournament, because people are beat to hell. Yeah, yeah. It, it just, I mean, it, 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 it's really, it seems, you know, you say it's brilliant. Uh, it seems simple, but it's, it's really, you know, a, a kind of stroke of genius because you're just trying to, at this point, get to the end that you're not really thinking, like, I need to stick with the strategy. But that's really what, you like I said, you should be doing. So that's cool to hear. Yeah, definitely. The consistent storytelling is the best thing about Best of Super Juniors. G1 Climax is kind of like, you do get it a little bit, but it's more like, oh, I've got to have this ungodly wrestling match with the other guy. Whereas this is kind of a bit more subtle and it's a bit more, there's a bit more intrigue into the way people put matches together. Next up, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion Taiji Ishimori defeated Clark Connors in 8 minutes and 45 seconds. Uh, Ishimori claimed that Connors was a heavyweight to start with and it wasn't fair. (laughs) 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 And I thought that was a good way to start a match when you're the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. Clark Connors has grown on me in this tournament. I thought it was kind of like... I. I always thought he was Andy, but I never thought he was great. And then by watching him in this tournament, it's been like he actually handles himself really, really well, despite the fact he's got this terrible gimmick to deal with, which is being um, a hunter, like you know, a, like a, a the old white hunter of uh, the 1930s that would go out into Africa and shoot an elephant of a weekend, like that kind of hunter. And it's like trophy kill is his, his finishing maneuver, and I'm like. You realize it's 2022, right? <laughs> <laughs> we don't do those things anymore. And you consider a fairly horrible person if you do. Eric Trump, I'm looking at you. Um, but yeah, so it's like this this gimmick, which is it's like it's like a like a 1980s WWF gimmick. You know what I mean? Like he's a plumber, he's a hunter. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, here's that aside. The actual match itself was not bad. And Ishimori continues on his regal way to 10 points. But yeah, have you seen much of Clark Connors on NJPW Strong? Not much, but I, I'm mildly intrigued, like you said, with this uh, kind of huge gimmick. Yeah, it's just will. like, just a bit weird. <laughs> I'm always pleased to hear, you know, uh, the bone soldier collecting some. Yes, uh, so definitely. Yeah. Yeah, let's move on to the next match. T-Tan defeated Bushi in 8 minutes and 40 seconds. T-Tan's not had a particularly good tournament. He's been to the best of Super Juniors before, and the best he's got was six points. And he was on four here. This got him to four. Bushi's had a bit of a tactical blinder. Won matches when he needed to, but dropped matches like this when he really shouldn't have done. Um, and, yeah, it was all right. You know, I, I like Bushi in the tournament format because he, he's a bit of a thinking man's wrestler when it comes to that stuff, and he tends to pick his spots. So it's always interesting to see what he'll do. But this one kind of felt a bit out of character because T-Tan's like been losing a lot. So you kind of expect Bushy to beat him and then he didn't. But T-Tan has been brilliant in his performances. He's got some killer moves. He fin- his finisher is like a, a springboard double foot stomp, which for a guy to do, it's like when you see women doing double foot stomps, they are like only 100, they're only like 110 pounds. When you see a 200 pound guy do a double foot stomp, it's like, oof, that hurts. <laughs> so yeah but yeah um bushi though uh interesting masks this week he's he's done some cool stuff with his mask the mask he had today we'll talk about tomorrow tomorrow's show but basically we were like pinhead from hellraiser it looked really really cool but yeah titan's impressed and bushi has impressed and this was okay i suppose yeah it's uh 
Yeah, I got I got to check that out then, cause you know hearing about stumps and coming out coming out that glee show with those Domo stumps off the top, Jesus, <laughs> and stuck all three of them. I'm like, yo, but yeah, uh, yeah you know it, it's funny because we talking about the elevation of Desperado, and it's kind of felt like in the years prior we've kind of talked about Bushi and Desperado in similar veins, where they've been, you know, uh, showing out even if it's in the background uh, and kind of waiting for their time or, or something like that. So it'll be interesting to see maybe, I guess, maybe in some more tournaments a year to come exactly where Bushi falls now that we're seeing somebody like Desperado actually kind of feels like finally get the spotlight he's been needing for a while. Yeah, uh, definitely. Like you said, you know, you can do a tournament like this, you know, you need a thinking man's wrestling. If Bushi can put all those keys together, you know, he can, you know, maybe one year come out and actually win the thing, you know. Yeah, that's something we could possibly see. Next up was Raisuki Taguchi's ass-based offense against Yo, which was unfortunate because it ended with essentially a teabagging of Yo in the middle of the ring, and no one needs to see that. I mean, it was a fun match up until then. It was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and um, yes, essentially Taguchi sat on Yo's face with his pants down, and then um, Yo got pinned, which has been pretty much the story of Taguchi's tournament. He promised no butt stuff at the beginning of the tournament and has proceeded with the butt stuff. Any comment to that, Marcus? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I guess, I guess with the teabagging things, it's like it's not so much the butt so much as the balls. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I mean, it's... obviously, between two consenting adults, that's not a problem. Yeah, yeah. But you, out. You, However, you know... <laughs> don't need to see it. <laughs> it's, it's it's not good and it's definitely not good to you know be ending the tournament like that for you know specifically somebody yeah. like yo who both him yo and show it, it kind of you know try to make great strides and doing some singles things so to kind of be ending your tournament like that it's like uh like no especially when you especially when you've just beaten Hiromu Takahashi in an absolute blinder you know <laughs> and it felt like you turned the corner and you know the, the was saying like you know how great he's become because he's like stopped caring about the fans so much and become freer and kind of evolved this mean streak and then loses to Taguchi like that and it's just like that doesn't make a lot of sense but anyway nothing yeah. Taguchi does makes a lot of sense but here we are next yeah. up was show versus ace austin and show snuck out of victory in the usual house of torture manner to be honest with you um so that was that it was it was okay 5.5 it is just like Cage match users give it 5.5. They give they give Taguchi and Yo 5.12, which will tell you how well this has been received. Ace Austin, though, has blown people away on this tour. Like, in Impact Wrestling, he's a heel. In New Japan Pro Wrestling, he's a full-on babyface. They love the guy. Can't get enough of him. <laughs> like, cues around the block. You would not believe at, at signings and stuff. Yes, I mean... I mean, I'm glad to hear that, man. Like I said, I was I was telling a friend of mine, like if he, you know, somebody like Ace, even if you don't, you know, not only say to click with his his, his character, uh, heel character a lot in, in Impact, but that guy in the ring, he's one of the best you'll see. You know, he's, yeah. he's fluid. He's you know he, he's an innovative. Um, the guy's just good. He's smooth, man. It's it's hard to do what he does. Somebody watching somebody like him and somebody like Trey Miguel, man, it's it's, it's really like constant highlight reel but i'm glad to hear that and uh i, I knew this tournament would be, be something real good for a specifically coming off of him 
regaining the you know the X division strap. So you know I'm, I'm yeah. glad to hear. Uh, he has got a challenger uh, for Impact Pro Wrestling's X Division Championship. That will be one Hiromo Takahashi. Yeah, uh, I heard. get back to the states, which should be really interesting. Show yeah. on the win over Ace Austin as well. I'm not sure that New Japan. It's Kevin Kelly said so that not sure Impact's that bothered about having a show on television. <laughs> That's like, yeah, fair enough, I suppose. So no knockout show, but yeah. Anyway. Uh, let's move on. Wheeler Yuta, your Ring of Honor pure champion, defeated Master Wato in 7 minutes and 57 seconds. Um, featuring two brilliant calls from Chris Charlton, one of which was um, Double Leg Nelson, which I have not anyone heard to use the phrase Double Leg Nelson since Kent Walton in 1988. So I was very happy about that. And Skurfin. Do you know what a Skurfin is, Marcus? Oh, please enlighten me. <laughs> a scurfing is what a Wigan wrestler does to somebody when he thinks they're being a bit showy. <laughs> uh, Marty Jones uses the, used the phrase when uh, he said, "Yeah, oh, he said I didn't like showman much back when I was wrestling, so I used to give him a bit of a scurfing around, which basically meant give him a thick ear and sort him out until they calmed down a bit." <laughs> yeah, that, that that almost comes off like the foundation of the Blackpool Blackpool Fight Club. Like it just, you know. Like um, Marty Jones trained Stephen Regal how to wrestle. So that's where you come from. That's where the phrase comes from. And they are the exponents of scurfing at the highest level. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, didn't, we didn't come here for fancy. We came here for fighting. You know, Exactly. So. That's it. Yeah. And yes. um, Master well, Wheeler Yuta was complimentary of Master Wato at the end of the match as two baby faces having a match together. But Wheeler Yuta has been scurfing his way through this tournament. He has given some people some beatings, which has been fun to watch. We talked about it. Yuta was already a problem before he, he linked up with William Regal and, 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 and those boys. But now it's even worse. <laughs> it's, it's even worse. And, you know, I appreciate, like I said, you know, hearing about Watto's slow but sure ascent. But he never stood a chance. It's, no. it's not, it's, you know, you know, obviously, you know, uh, Zach Sabre is the king. But you don't want to, the king of the mountain in that regard, but you don't want to be Yuta on the mountain either like it's, it's like you know so you know, um but i'm glad to hear he was complimentary of him it's it, you know it's, it's kind of hard um because you just one of those guys even if he's a hill the way he wrestles will make you a fan you know we, we we've seen that a lot uh coming out of stuff with the pure um pure tournament a lot of the pure matches we see that a lot you know when gresham wrestles so um yeah, yeah, I'm just glad, you know, hopefully you can walk away, you know, specifically. If you got some of that skirting, if you will, throughout the, which is enough to almost make you quit. Because you know, <laughs> something that you feel like has nothing to do. Like, what the hell my ear got to do with the match? Like, <laughs> so. I have a feeling, for reading between lines this week, Brian Danielson was asked, like, who he would like to face with Forbidden Door. And he said, well, obviously, you want to kind of go at a card. Or he said, the one guy I really want to wrestle is Zack Sabre Jr. So I'm wondering if we'll get the Blackpool Combat Club versus Suzuki Gun. Because that would be amazing. Because <laughs> <laughs> my Minoru Suzuki, Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi versus Mox and Danielson and Yuta. Or Zack Sabre Jr. and Desperado with Minoru Suzuki against them three would be on the middle that's, level. That's money, man. That's money. Leaving it on the table if they don't do it, but there we go. Next up, El Fantasmo defeated TJP in 11 minutes and 12 seconds in a match to which my good friend Chelsea Spollin and your good friend Chelsea Spollin described as 
you why <laughs> and i can't disagree with it tjp has been all right in this tournament but then again he hasn't had time to tweet obnoxious political commentary so i suppose that's improved the situation Phantasmo's grown on me in this tournament as well because his storytelling has actually been fairly on point so this match wasn't as bad as i thought it would be like six months ago um yeah, it was fine. Phantasmo got a broken nose from Robbie Eagles the night before, so he was well happy, as you could imagine. Um, and then Phantasmo kind of went all, all different ways to Sunday to try and win this match and eventually snuck one out. So there you go. Phantasmo and TJP. Who knew? Yeah, I've, you know, it's been cool hearing about Phantasmo because it kind of reminds me how I felt early on, I guess, with Ace Austin. Like, I couldn't necessarily appreciate what he did in the ring because the character was so obnoxious. Yeah, yeah. They kind of evolved over time, and Phantasma was another one, you know, who we talked about previously. Like, like I recognize all the skills this guy's had, but I just can't. Like, he, he makes me like want to get him off screen immediately as soon as he steps on it. Mm. Uh, and, and and at this point, TJP is a complete wash, even with his talent. So, uh, but it's, it's cool. It's cool because Phantasma is one of those guys again, you know, in the realm of Tai Chi and others. If you just get out of your own way, it'll be fine. Yeah. That's it. That's the main thing. Uh, next up, Robbie Eagles and Al Winderman had a bit of a barnstorm. 10 minutes and 29 seconds. Um, they were both playing for eight points, and that's where they both got to in their block. And Robbie Eagles has been on fire. He's kind of like, he isn't the guy you've kind of expected to do well with. Like, you know, you expect him to have good matches, but then you realize how many classics he's had in this tournament. Um, and Linderman has been awesome. We've talked about a lot about him with the great stuff, but he's just been on another level in this tournament. Even though he hasn't won the majority of his matches, he's just been outstanding. Eagles and Phantasma from the other night was just arguably the best match of the tournament. Um, it was that good. And then mm-hmm. this one's another one that you could have put on on like on a really higher level. Uh, but yeah, really good for both of them. Really enjoyed both their work during this week. And um, yeah, I think Robbie Eagles grows on me. I always never disliked him, but I just kind of like, it was like, He's all very good, but he's like, there's other guys I care more about. Uh, even as a chaos guy, you know, he's a chaos guy. And of course I support chaos guys, but he didn't feel like a chaos guy properly, if that makes sense. No, I get <laughs> especially, it. especially as he tags with Tiger Mask, he's a Huntai guy. So it's just like, you're not quite as chaos as you could be. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it's interesting that you say that because when I, when I, you know, last seen him, um, which was a while ago, but it, it kind of felt like he was trying to find himself a little bit. Um, so, I mean, it's interesting, him. like you said, he works with chaos, uh, but it doesn't necessarily feel that way. So, I don't know, maybe he's one of those guys that, outside of the match, he's working face, correct? Yeah, yeah. You know, so maybe, you know, down the line, a heel turn or something. And sometimes, for a lot of guys, it just takes minor tweaks here and there. Like, mm. it's always, it's interesting watching somebody like AJ White now, because I remember when I first seen him, he was like, literally baby-faced. Yeah. You know, this guy in all white just coming up doing, you know, the Kiwi Crush and Ring of Honor and whatnot. And now he's this whole guy with this, you know, uh, 40-year-old resumes, but he's barely in his 30s, if that, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's interesting. Uh, but but it's good, you know, like you said, the, the fact that, you know, we're now talking about Robbie Eagles having been involved in some of the best matches of the tournament, I think, says a lot, you know. Mm. Next up, Hiromu Takahashi defeated Alex Zane. Speaking of people who got over in a very short period of time, Alex Zane, 
it had even longer lines at his signing than Ace Austin did. <laughs> Him and Ace Austin have gone, uh, have been hanging out as friends uh, during this tour and have sampled as much local cuisine in Tokyo as they possibly can. They've embraced the Japanese lifestyle. It's been like the wholesome opposite version of the Great Okan. <laughs> instead of going and finding strippers, they've gone and found nice places to eat. <laughs> oh, look. A Raymond bar. Let's go try it out, Ace. Yes, why not, Alex? And off they trot to have this lovely food and then go wrestle matches. And that's all they've been doing, really. And they had a cracking time doing it. Um, Alex Zane watching Hiromu Takahashi wrestle Hiromu Takahashi was like watching two people as happy as Larry having a fun old time for 13 minutes and 32 seconds because they both look very happy doing this. No, that's... Man, that's... That's interesting because he's a, another guy I haven't necessarily been, you know, checking for, for for a while. But like I said, I think the best part about the tournament is seeing so many different emerging um, newness of it all with certain guys kind of, you know, mm. find, find themselves, whether it be showing out matches or showing different character motifs and whatnot. So that's 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 another one, like you said, you taking it back to somebody like, you know, Robbie Eagles and. Uh, just fine and fair for you. Just never know. Sometimes you know, it just takes the audience a while to kind of warm up to you. Sometimes it's the scenario. Sometimes it's the opponent. Um, so that that's that's cool. Over this way, described Chris Sharp described Alex Zane's WWE run as a learning excursion. Which <laughs> 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 is like, oh, you mean you didn't go on TV? Yeah, yeah, that's a learning excursion, as we say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anywho, we'll move on to the main event, which was ungodly. At the beginning of this tournament, Duki qualified for Best of Super Juniors, and Desperado had a go at him after the press conference just saying, you shouldn't be just one of those happy-to-be-here guys. You need to win. And it kind of put a drip on Duki's shoulder to the point where he went out and beat L. Lindemann on the first night. And it kind of driv him forward throughout this tournament. And he's had some of the best showings in this tournament that he's ever had. He's had high-quality matches all the way through the tournament, and Desperado was going to be a big thing for him because it's like his big brother in the faction, the senior wrestler in the faction. And, you know, Desperado has said, that you, it said like, like, people don't think you can win, and that's the reason why, you know, you need to show you can. And he's gone out and proved it. He's got six points at this particular point in the tournament which has equaled his best at that point from the previous tournaments. And then he runs into Desperado, and they tear the house down for 21 minutes and 51 seconds. Duki had him in the, the Milano stretch 62. I think that's what he called it. The Doki Choki, as Gino would call it. Um, <laughs> he had him in that for like five minutes. <laughs> he was literally trying to pull his arms out of his sockets. They went stiff to make this feel as realistic as possible. And when Desperado finally won, he said, I hate wrestlers who do this, but who thought Duki could win this match tonight? And there's about half the audience put their hands up. And he went, you see, you made them believe, didn't you? <laughs> and he said, that's what I wanted you to do. And there you go. And that was, that's what Desperado, big brother in Duki, into doing something with his life, basically. It was a, it was a telling life story match. And it was easily the best told story of this particular tournament. Maybe not quite as heated as Fantasmo and Robbie Eagles, but I love the way he told this story. And, you know, it was like 
I want you to be the best wrestler you can possibly be. So be the best wrestler you can possibly be. And he was. And Dookie is one of my favorite wrestlers now just because he tries so hard. And, you know, he didn't look like a New Japan guy for the first year or so that he was there. He just looked like a guy who was there to fill up numbers. But, you know, I remember when he got hired, Alex Watts saying to me, well, Tai Chi found him. Is he any good? <laughs> but now, <laughs> but now he's there. He's on his own point. He's he's a guy who can make, get it done. You know, you, you look at him as a contender for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship and you don't go... <clears throat> you actually think, yeah, he's going to have a brilliant match with whoever's champion, and I would pay to see money to see that. And that's what Desperado did with him, and that's just the way it was just brilliant. Yeah, I mean, you know, as a long-time you know, wrestling fan, as long as you're not watching somebody, that's an absolute, uh, I guess you would say, tool. Yeah. Um, it, you always love watching somebody find themselves. You yeah. know, like that. And, this, and I think, like you said, it might not necessarily have been with Dookie, on the levels of success in this tournament um, as Robbie Eagles or Phantasmo or, or what have you. But I think for his his ongoing story, which is one of the best things about New Japan, that, you know, the, these ongoing, long-stretching stories that ultimately connect to these climax points, I think it being Desperado, you know, that, that um, allowed himself to be a bridge for, you know, uh, you know, Dookie having to kind of... Um, a eureka moment and a, and a shining moment in front of that crowd. Um, it just benefits. It, it's it's a it's a better moment for his overall story. It means more that it was Desperado that did it. Obviously, you can have and you know a high quality opponent bring it out, but the fact that it was your brother who doesn't necessarily because he could have really big brother him like I'm the champion. You need yeah. to get to my level. This is what you do. Yada yada yada. Let me give you this nugget and it's in your only way. Like, no, like I see this in you and I need you to see this in yourself as you see this crowd, you know, begins to see it in you as well. Because if you don't have confidence, it don't matter how many flips, dives, uh, you know, holes you do, it won't connect right. So, you know, yeah. that's that's great to hear. Yeah, that's it. All right, we move on to today's show, which was from Otter City General Gymnasium in Otter Ward, Tokyo, Japan. Uh, one of the regular places in Japan visit on a regular basis. How many people was there? Oh, it doesn't give me uh, numbers yet. But Master Wato defeated El Linderman in the opener in seven minutes and five seconds, which pleases neither of us. <laughs> but it, it, it wasn't bad, actually. The match was pretty good, but you can't really have a bad match with El Linderman at the moment. So it was a bit of like, what? <laughs> How did this happen? Yeah, maybe it's that maybe it's their schedule catching up with them a little bit. Yeah, true. That's it. Um, it was just yeah. I think that's basically the story they were trying to tell with Lindemann that Wato is a bit fresher. He hasn't wrestled as much as Lindemann has. So yeah, that was fine. It was good though. It was solid. Yeah. Um, I hope we get more out of Lindemann within. He's going to defend the G Rex title. I think Master Wato and Lindemann in a in a title match would be interesting. Actually, a bit more pace time to slow things down and, and do things. So that would be kind of cool. Would you uh, of, sorry, no, uh would you would you like to see that New Japan in Glee? Mm, probably in Glee because it would be a main event. Yeah. You've got you've got some room to maneuver then. You know, you've got tw- you can have twenty five minutes on that. But if it's on a New Japan show, it'll be ten minutes and it'll be rushed. Just because yeah. we've got so much of the stuff to put on it. So yeah. Yeah, go to Glee and do it properly, has been my advice. Uh next up was the battle of Lucha Philosophy as Dookie. Um formerly of the Mexican indie scene and AAA, um, went up against CMLL's Titan, 
Um, it's, it's, <laughs> it's just like the fact that Kevin Kelly and Chief Chalmers were waxing lyrical about lucha history and the different philosophies of these two professional wrestlers at a Duki and Tita and proceeded to beat the slobbering shit out of one another for nine minutes. It was, yeah, it was, it was basically the basic story was Duki hates Teton because he's a CMLL wrestler and he doesn't agree with the CMLL philosophy, which is a bit great on fundamentals, but not really pushing the boundaries of what Lucha can be. Um, which I think, and it's like, it's a bit insider to tell as a wrestling story, but it's exactly what New Japan do. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. Yeah, it's just like, it's a bit like, it, Dookie hates what he calls lucha hipsters, the people who go on an excursion for six months, do CMLL, and then come back again and say they're luchadors. Basically, LIJ. <laughs> <laughs> um, not Sonada, though. Sonada did it properly. He went and got lost in Mexico. People, it actually went missing. Um, <laughs> but because people didn't know where he was, but he actually was, he was wrestling for an indie company. He was wrestling for an indie company in Tijuana. Um, so, yeah. It, that's that's kind of why this what this match was about really. And Titan was desperate for a win because he hadn't won enough matches again, and he picked one up against Duki, who would just have that slobber knocker with Desperado the night before. So there you go. That's the reason why he wins. But it was good. No, um, I can I can actually appreciate that that perspective because you know Luchador uh, being a, you know that Lucha style and being Lucha real Luchador has such a um, a deep foundational. Um, meaning in a historical context that I can understand why somebody would be like, you can't just go pick this up as a hobby and then all of a sudden you know, <laughs> you can call yourself in the Elk or the Guerreros and whatnot. So I, 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 I mean, obviously, you know, different times um, and, and things evolve and, and whatnot, but uh, I, I can appreciate that. Um, and, it, and, and it creates different, different energies and different matches specifically when you have that style and you meet somebody, um, that's as talented as you, but haven't hasn't been doing that genre of style or style, I should say, of wrestling as mm. long. It's kind of it, it, like you said, that that brings a different flair to the fight. Yeah, exactly. That that's pretty much what that was about. Uh, next up, we had Yo defeating Alex Zane in uh, quite a little barnstormer. Yo was trying to pick up wins to get to the championship match. Alex Zane kind of like stuffed himself here because um, only on eight points. It's looking like 11 points is going to win the block, so he needed the win here because he won't get there. He's only got one match left after this, and it's, it, it's not cut in time, basically. So uh, Yo's kind of given himself a chance of getting through, but a very slim one uh, to get back to the final for a second year running. Um, but again, Alex Zane, it, it, the, the important thing for him was building an audience, and you know he's definitely done that. And New Japan... People are very happy with him, from what Chris Jarton was saying. And I think he probably likes the money he's on, to be honest, more than anything else. Because <laughs> it'll be a good money compared to like wrestling indies in the States. So, yes, we'll see what happens there. Um, the next, we've got any comments on that one? Because we think we have talked about Yo and Alex Zane a lot lately. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been interesting with Alex Zane because obviously, you know, he's kind of been a bit of a journeyman over here in the States, seen him in Ring of Honor, seen him in Impact. Um, he's another real, really talented guy. Got a specific look about him. Uh, uh, can, obviously, he can handle himself on the mic. So, um, but but it's cool, like you said, uh, if he can, you know, like you said, you know, get get a good uh, financial consistency with this uh, this whole thing, and then get the level of competition that you got in New Japan. That's like the perfect marriage. So, you know, um, maybe we'll see him, you know, transition to some of that New Japan strong. 
mm-hmm. or something like that or what have you. But it, but it's uh, he's another guy because I you know it would be interesting when I first saw him you know impact like seeing what he did in the X division. But this something like this might turn out to be better for him. You know. I think so. Yeah, definitely. All right, next matchup was TJP versus Bushi. Ten minutes and eight seconds. It was well, TJP wins with that um, submission hold he's got of his, but it was good. It was a solid outing again. It was nothing to write home about because they're kind of both spent now, as they both as Bushi lost this match, he had no chance of getting to the final, uh, and TJP is kind of like wrestling for pride. So it was okay. Nothing else I can really say about it. That's fair. Uh, Hiromu Takahashi then defeated Clark Connors in 13 minutes and 32 seconds in a storming little match. Hiromu Takahashi was very complimentary of Clark Connors at the end of this match, which is unusual for him. He doesn't really go for that kind of thing, but gave him a quick round of applause for his efforts in the match, and I think they will have another go somewhere down the line. It was a nice way for ending... Um, well, Connors' run was finished off at this point, but Takahashi had 10 points, so he's looking good for a finals place in Block A. All right, so, yeah. so Rome's still in it, nice. It is, yeah, and then Ace Austin was still in it, even though he lost to Raisuki Takeuchi and more trouser-dropping action. I <laughs> 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 mean, 12 minutes and two seconds, and they had a really good match, which was based around the fact that Ace Austin's thighs are incredibly hard and Raisuki Takeuchi couldn't take an atomic drop because it was they were, his thighs are harder than Takeuchi's ass. So, yeah. I mean, I, that makes sense. When you see the stuff that Ace, a lot of letter Ace's offense is, is incumbent upon his leg strength. Yeah, you know, so exactly. That makes a lot of sense, you know. It is, but then it ended up with Taguchi just cheating. So that was basically it. Uh, yes. Um, uh, Ace Austin made sure his trousers stayed up for the majority of the match, but he couldn't get away with it all the way through. Uh, Wheeler Utah then defeated El Fantasmo in 9 minutes and 34 seconds. As Phantasmo tried to out Blackpool Combat Club Utah, which really wasn't the way of going about things, including a double arm DDT on the floor. <laughs> Reminiscent of one John Moxley's Paradigm Shift slash Death Rider. Um, yeah, and then Utah kind of like took him apart. <laughs> it didn't yeah. take long after that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can appreciate the effort, but you got to know. Um... But you know, and, and I, like I said, appreciate the effort because with guys like that, you got to take them out, you know, fast and strong early. You know, like I said, when, when the best part about that match in Glee with Damo was like when she, when, when Miyaga got her in that sleeper hole, she was like, like, I know she's on the post, but please let me tap out now. <laughs> I'm not trying to, you know. Um, so, yeah, but, uh, you know, like I said, you know, styles make fights, and there's just not a lot of people that can compete with that style specifically. You to thriving in it and now having it elevated by somebody like Regal, who is just just a menace with that type of stuff. <laughs> it's, it's, they did a video. I'm pretty sure you've seen that video package that he did mm-hmm. uh, in, in AEW and just talking about it and showing them training and just being on the mat. And it's just it's, it's torture on that. Once they get you down, it's it's like a whole nother match. You know? Yeah, that's how that's how the Wigan guys did it. That's that was the thing. You know, if you were um, if you walked into Riley's gym in Wigan, which was essentially a large shed with a lot of young lads who were learning wrestling in an amateur in a shoot style, they treated you like you were world class because they didn't know what you were capable of. So if you didn't know what you're doing, you were getting your head kicked in. 
So that's what that's the way that those guys those guys deal with it, and that's the way that you know Regal has built his little career around, and that's that's still the thing. So there you go. But yeah, it was actually not a bad match. So I would look out for that one. It's not as great as some of the other stuff that Butch has done this time this this tournament. But it was nice to see Fantasma kind of stretching his legs and trying to tell a different story. Um, next up was Yoshinobu Kanemaru, who on Sunday morning got up and went, "I have no it's left. <laughs> I'm not having any of shows either." And went after destroying Show's knees as quickly and as sharply as he possibly could. And by God, he did a good job because he beat Show in two minutes and 44 seconds. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. He hammered it. Right. <laughs> no messing about. I'm having this. Go. Bang, 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 bang. And he just went after Show's knees as hard and as fast as he possibly could. And then got a win. And that was your job. <laughs> Babyface master, none of this heel master business. The place erupted when Show got pinned. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. He doesn't get a chance to get cheered very often. When he does, they do love him. <laughs> uh, next up was the last match for A Block, which is Taiji Ishimori versus Francesco Akira, which was actually a tidy little match. Akira, of course, the current i don't think all japan have had a junior heavyweight tournament the current all japan junior heavyweight tournament champion uh going up against taiji ishimori who's the current iwgp heavyweight champion so it was a bit of a dream match and they did deliver on that expectation but ishimori took 12 points away took 12 points away from the end of this match beating akira and akira's had a good tournament he's looked outstanding but it's just like i think they're trying to tell the story of him failing it's like the opposite story that Will Ospreay had when he joined New Japan. Like, he joined New Japan in March and he was in Best of Super Juniors in May and he won the whole thing. And it's like they've debuted Akira with much fanfare in the same way that, that Ospreay was debuted and he's just not done as well as he should have done. Mm. And I think that's the story they're trying to tell is like the opposite of like United Empire is like kind of emulated chaos as much as it possibly can because that's where Ospreay comes from. But they just don't have the formula right to make it work. Does that make sense? Yeah. And there's something missing. I don't know what the something missing is. But yeah, and it, that was a nice story to tell. And Ishimori's being Ishimori, still having great matches no matter what he does. So there you go. Couldn't beat Kanemaru though. Still, after all these years, he only has one pinfall victory over Nobu. Nobu. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. As Hiromu Takahashi said, everyone loves Uncle Nobu. <laughs> <laughs> Um, then the main event this morning, or well, last night, I suppose, in Tokyo, Robbie Eagles defeated El Desperado in 19 minutes and 21 seconds of an absolute barn burner. That puts all of the Block B guys on 10 points. I'll explain who's on 10 points in a moment. But Eagles and Desperado just went at it. And they're the two top names, or two of the three top names in the junior heavyweight division right now. They can go, and they just went out and had an exceptional match, and that's what they needed to do to round off the show. And a tour that's slow built. The first few matches weren't really great, but the tour's building up and building up, and now every match has been exceptional. You know, you get to the end of the tour, and they're all finding their feet and telling their story, and this was just ace. This was just brilliant. And Despy has kept having main events and kept having main events because, obviously, he was the former champion, so they booked him in all the main events they could. Uh, before Ishimori upended him for the championship. And so therefore he's been wrestling in all the main events and representing the division because 
he said he wanted to represent the division. He's found like his place as champion of this company. He wants to get back to the IWGP Heavyweight Junior Heavyweight Championship. And that's the story he's telling, which means you've got to wrestle a schedule, which means you sometimes drop matches to Robbie Eagles because you have to. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. But the amount of respect that Robbie Eagles and Desperado have for one another is just just breathtaking. To watch this match was just an absolute honor. So, But again, it's another blinder for them between Eagles and Desperado. In four days, Desperado and Dookie and then Desperado and Eagles and uh, um, ELP and Robbie Eagles, the four best matches of the tournament in the last in the these four days has been just unreal. Yeah, I mean it's uh, like I say, you want that out of a champion, mm. and uh, so, you know specifically that you know what we just seen him go through uh, in the main event of the Glee show. So I mean, he's only it, it, it's crazy how good he is. He's he's only gonna get better. So. Yeah, that's it. Um, so the next Festus Super Juniors match is on the 31st, which will be night 12. Um, and that's got, let's see what's the, the that's going to stand out. Fantasma and Desperado, Bushy and Linderman. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of what's the Ace Austin and Akira, Taijishimura and Takahashi. That'll be a big, big match. Yo versus Show, both even on points at the end of the tournament. That's going to be intriguing. So there's lots of cool stuff to happen yet. And then the final is on the third, which is next Friday, I think. Uh, Tuesday, yeah, it'll be on Friday. It'll be uh, the main event. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But thank you for joining me today, Marcus. I hope you enjoyed um, listening to me talk about wrestling. <laughs> no, man, it's always a, it's always a proper education. You know, well, I appreciate always. that too. Yeah. So where can we find you on the internet, sir? Yes, you can find me on the social media on Twitter at ParadoxKid, P-A-R-A-D-O-X-K-I-D, always down the chat. And you can find me at Troopany, sorry, at Sheriff Lone Star on Twitter, as always, always down to chat, as long as you're a nice person. We don't like horrible people, do we? Um, you can also find the show at Troopany Show on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook, The Troopany Show, and on Patreon. We keep The Troopany Show free forever for everyone. I'll be back on Tuesday with more Best of Super Juniors chat on the day it actually happens, which will be nice, because all I've got to do is sit around and watch people put vinyl on my kitchen floor so I can go upstairs and watch wrestling, which will be nice. <laughs> all right, thank you very much for listening to us today. Thank you very much for listening to The Troopany Show this week. We've had seven, I think we had six podcasts in six seven podcasts in six days which were released on the trooping show channel this week which has been awesome i was on the random wrestling review last week as well so yes thank you for listening to me and putting up with me all this week hours of me talking about wrestling but there you go and thank you very much to marcus as well he's on the trooping show which you'll listen to tomorrow along with john dinsdale where we'll be looking at glate all right take care we'll speak to you soon bye